Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. So let's get going. You're listening to the Market Dominance Guys with your host, Chris Beal of Connect and Sell and Corey Frank of Uncommon Pro. Great. Welcome to another episode of the Market Dominance Guys with your host, Corey Frank, and the esteemed patron of honor here, Chris Beal, as always, to my virtual left. Uh, today, we have a very special treat for everybody because we don't have guests usually. Ryan Reichert made it just under the wire from a few weeks ago, but we're honored to have Mandy Farmer, who runs the Accent Inns. It's a family-owned and operated group of hotels in the British Columbia area. And I think you'll agree after our chat with, with uh, me and Chris today that their approach, the Accent In approach of taking fun seriously is a core value for any company, especially in today's environment. So welcome Mandy to the podcast. Glad to be here. Chris, so how did we get to know Mandy here? Normally, it's just Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon, and I'm Ed McMahon, of course, and we decided to have some guests and some esteemed one at that. So how do we get to know Mandy, and how does this have to do with market dominance? Is fun a dominant trait for businesses today? Well, yeah. So what happened was Ryan Reiser somehow, and you know how many people we talk to at Connect and Sell. Like, if you haven't had a conversation with us, you probably are hiding somewhere pretty well. Somehow, he had a conversation with Mandy's colleague, Natalie um, Corbin. And I don't know how that came about, but he told me about it. And he said, these guys are doing something in the hotel industry that seems impossible. And yet they're just doing it. And they're doing a bunch of something. So one of them was they're providing accommodations for uh, essential workers. And that really resonated with me because my son Galen is an essential worker in Reno. And I know the effort that he goes through just to get into the house, you know, cause there's other people in there and he has to come home and strip down in the garage and put his clothes in a bag and sneak in through a known path that he takes quickly into the shower and the whole bit, you know, this essential worker business is a non-trivial undertaking. And actually he had an experience the other day that it would have been very nice if he could have gone somewhere else because he had a seizure at the office. He, he's Gosh. the assistant manager of the FedEx office in Reno. And just just some, you know, kind of combination of some medication that needed to be adjusted. And as a result, lack of sleep and the stress of dealing with the public on the front lines, a public that, by the way, is not always uh, very kind to these essential workers. So, you know, basically saying, hey, this, you're not at any risk. This is some kind of a hoax or whatever. <laughs> so that's not a nice thing to hear during the day. So anyway, it would have been great if he could have gone somewhere other than having to come from the hospital all the way home and do all that. And so I heard about that and I got into a conversation yesterday with Natalie and what jumped off the page of me, what was wild is, you know, my way of doing business, right? I say, if you're not having fun, you're not taking this seriously enough. That's our number one thing in every company I've ever built, every company I've run, every team I've ever run. Number one, we're going to have fun. Number two is we're going to be enthusiastically wrong every day. Right? So we're just going to be, we're going to be so wrong so often and we're just going to maintain 
our enthusiasm, not in the face of being wrong, but our enthusiasm for being wrong. And if we can do those things, then a whole bunch of good stuff's going to happen. We don't know what it's going to be, but a whole bunch of good stuff is going to happen. And those are not easy things. Right? And then we're going to keep the parasites out. I don't know if Mandy cares about that, but I care about it a lot. No parasites allowed in the company. If you're not willing to get in the rowboat and row with us and share and share alike, if, it's, if you've got a yacht over there a little ways away and you're willing to sink the rowboat to go over to your yacht, you know that one doesn't work, right? And I've got my ways of doing that. So I heard this Flynn first as a core value thing, and I thought, this is the missing thing you and I have talked about, but we have a whole episode about it. We have an episode that says, the best surfer is the one having the most fun. Right? Right. So we actually hit on it, but we've come at it peripherally through the fact that we think the conversations are the key. But in Mandy's world, something else is going on. It's like a major business invention, putting fun at the top of the value chart, the value, mm-hmm. the company values, and then letting that provably drive business results that are effectively impossible for others with the proof being that when her whole industry went like this, her company came out of it in a couple of days with new offerings that made sense, that were being fielded, that were on the street, that people were using with new stuff every day coming about. And then it turns out if you go into the past, they were already doing stuff like that. It was a continuation. So fun as an instrument, an essential foundational capability for market dominance we've never explored. And here we are with Mandy. Sorry, that was kind of long, Mandy, but did I catch it? You did. Yeah. And I think obviously we speak the same language. We are cut from the same cloth. What's wrong with us? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The fun is, it's so, it's so important. And I think that it's a really crazy thing to actually be talking about right now because we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's almost like we're not allowed to have fun right now. But for us, my company, we are thriving right now. Yes, revenues are down. Yes, I'm worried about our bottom line. But my company is thriving and we're thriving because of our values of having fun and taking care of each other, making sure we've got the communities back. And so even in great times, we thrive. But I can tell right now, we're on fire right now. You know, Mandy, one of the things I noticed from your website, first of all, two things. I I love it says that pillow fights are optional. So you're putting that kind of irreverent, fun tone at the forefront. But the other thing is, uh, and I'm sure you noticed this too, Chris, right, is that the images that you have on your website are of active people utilizing the property, not just of the property. A lot of hotels, you know, you're just going to see the beautiful room with nobody in it. You're going to see the pool with nobody in it. You're going to see the expansive restaurant with nobody in it. And in your imagery, it does, it's, it feels very family friendly. It feels that fun as a preeminent value. So, you know, where does that, where does that come from, from kind of a thesis or a, or a theme as a core value, as Chris had said, of your company? Well, you know, really it's one of our other core values is authenticity. And so like it's, we call it, you know, being real. And for us, fun has always been such an important part of my personal values in that I really want absolutely every single one of my team to come to work and to have fun and to enjoy their jobs. 
And so it's really important that we embrace that in absolutely everything that we do. So when you're talking about the language on our website, when you walk into one of our rooms, we have actually sat down and thought about, how do I make this pen fun? Okay, you walk into the bathroom. How is it going to be fun? It's just going to be a boring hotel bathroom. But we've actually brainstormed. No, no. Let's just think outside of the box. Let's throw really bad ideas at everything. Let's have a laugh because these ideas are so bad that we're just going to laugh and have fun. But then, you know what? One of us will go, oh, actually, that's not a bad idea. And then before you know it, we're, we're implementing it and we're doing it. So I know that if I'm having fun, when we welcome people into our hotels, they're going to have fun. And what I love is that, especially this kind of really dark time, it's really important that people have that brightness in their day. So one of our themes is we're big onto ducks. We've got like ridiculous rubber ducks and they're the craziest rubber ducks you've ever seen. My favorite is the lumber duck and he's got this really big beard and he's holding a chainsaw. Why? I don't know why. And so people see that and it just brings a smile to their face. They'll look on the phone and there's a joke like on the phone, you know, when you look at like dial zero for the front desk, there's jokes in there that are hilarious. And what happens is, is people might be attending for, a, you know, a funeral or they might be an essential worker and they've had a really hard day. And suddenly we've just given them a reason to smile and to just not take themselves so seriously and not take this whole, like everything so seriously and just to have a bit of a smile. And it brightens people's day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you, how'd you get here? How'd you get to, you know, were you raised fun? I mean, I can tell you, it was kind of, okay, so here's my fun story. I'll just throw it out there. My mom was a great practical joker. Now, her practical jokes tended to be extreme. So here's an example of one where I went to the school bus stop in the morning. I grew up near where Corey lives now in Scottsdale, Arizona, but it was way out in the desert. And I went to the school bus stop in the morning, and the kids were obviously teasing something that was on the ground and that something turned out to be a big rattlesnake. Big, big, big. Big, big around as my current arm, not my skinny little arms back then. And I was, I was probably 14. So I thought, this is bad news. I got to do something. So I ran home, got my rifle, came back. Can you imagine doing this now? <laughs> came back. I was thinking of getting a, a shovel or something, but I thought, I think I can kill the snake. And, and we didn't kill snakes, by the way. Our family had, a, one of our family values was not killing snakes. But this snake definitely was a problem. So I come back, you know, with a rifle, you can kind of be at a distance, right? Hold it at arm's length. And uh, that was my mom's gun, actually, that she'd given me. Shot the snake, took it home, put it in the refrigerator because I thought we might eat it. Because it's a snake. It was a lot of meat, right? It was, you know, we, we lived in a tough area. And what did my mom do with it? She curled it up on the top of the garbage and put it out for the garbage man. But she went to the effort of propping its mouth open and propping its fangs out individually with little toothpicks. So the fangs are sticking out like this. And I found her waiting for the garbage man to show up. And I said, Mom, you know, they'll never, they'll never come and pick up our garbage again, she said. It'll be worth it. <laughs> so that was the kind of fun that went on in my family. Yeah. It was a little weird when yeah. you came right down to it. But I was otherwise raised in kind of a, by a Western Massachusetts person who had lived through the Depression and 
basically thought that um, we were all going to go broke and die tomorrow. Connect and Sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell allows your sales reps to talk to more decision makers in 90 minutes than they would in a week or more of conventional dialing. Your reps can finally be 100% focused on selling since all of their CRM data entry and follow-up scheduling is fully automated within Connect and Sell's powerful platform. Your team's effectiveness will skyrocket by using Connect and Sell's teleprompter capability as they'll know exactly what to say during critical conversations. So come on, give your fingers a rest with Connect and Sell. Visit connectandsell.com. listening to the market dominance guys with your host chris beal of connect and sell and Corey frank of uncommon pro so i wasn't raised with fun but something in there something lit up in me and i've been into the concept of through my whole career whether it was the rock climbing and mountaineering part of the career, doing big walls or whatever. The whole idea is don't ever let it be grim. If we're going to succeed, we're going to have to have fun because this is whatever. I guess my view is life is hard. We better have fun or it's too hard. That's kind of it. So I was raised in a tough kind of situation like that. Like it wasn't that hard. Well, how about you? How did you get to this weird position? Well, I'm in a family business. So I'm third generation. We started off as a construction company. So it was my grandfather started farmer construction and my dad worked in that field and he didn't like it. He was not happy. And so as a kid, I saw him not really enjoying his job. And then one day he pitched to his partners hey, why don't we take this field where we keep a lot of the construction equipment? Why don't we build a hotel there? And they thought he was crazy, right? And he just, he kept pursuing it and eventually it happened. And I literally watched my dad change overnight where he just became this really excited, happy, passionate, enthusiastic man. And it was because he found the right job. He found the right career. So I ended up in the hotel industry too. Never thought I'd join the family business. And I just, to be honest, I needed a job when I came out of university and started in sales at the, at the family business and eventually worked my way up because it was fun working with my dad. And so he really allowed me to take over the company. But you know, in a family business, it can be challenging to take over because you often approach it feeling like, oh, I only got this job because I'm a daughter. You know, like I was given this job. And so I really felt like, oh, I've got to prove myself and I've got to be just like him or I've got to be the stereotype of a CEO. And so for the first few years of my leadership, I really thought, okay, this is how it's supposed to be and I'm going to be this way. And I realized I was not bringing my true self to work. And this really upset me. And we had some parasites. And I knew that if I was really going to bring my true self to work, which is really a bit of a weird and wacky and fun-loving, big-hearted person, there was going to be some big changes at work. And so it took me a number of years to really figure it out, but it meant cultivating the right team. They have been the secret sauce to my success, without a doubt. Um, Making sure that I'm surrounded by people who inspire me, who I want to be around. 
who are fun, right? Like I want to enjoy coming to work. I want to wake up on a Monday morning and go, yeah, I'm going to work today. And so, you know, it was them that, that really motivated me. And, and I knew, like, I really sat down and spent time thinking about what is my ideal workplace? How am I going to get there? What am I going to do? And for me, that's bringing my weird and wonderful self to work with no, no qualms about it. So what's the hardest part of being not just fun centric, but fun foundational? What's the hardest part about keeping the fun going or, or keeping the company going? <laughs> well, first off, when we first started implementing fun, people didn't get it. They were like, well, how are we supposed to do fun? You know, and they wanted to know, tell me how fun it is. And I realized this isn't something you mandate. It's got to be really authentic and real and grassroots. And so it took a long time to cultivate our sense of fun. We tried training on it. And I was like, this isn't working. This isn't real. And so eventually it grew, but it's about leading leading with fun and making sure you hire people that are fun and with, with big hearts. So that was probably one of the hardest things we've ever had to do. When people ask me, how do you do it? I often think, oh, I, I just can't really give you a recipe because it's got to come from within. But basically everyone knows when I talk about uh, company success and why we're thriving, it's because I'm actually looking at it in terms of fun. And so I'm often not talking about it in terms of the bottom line. And for many uh, businesses out there, they're like, that is nuts. I don't, that makes no sense. And you're not, you're going to fail if you aren't looking at your bottom line. Of course I am looking at it, but what it is, is fun comes first. And then what always happens is your bottom line is actually going to be even better because you've got all these engaged people coming to work. And not only do you have an engaged workforce, but then you've got engaged customers because they see you having fun and they're engaging on your social media and they're sending you sales leads because they want to see you succeed. So suddenly your bottom line is beyond what you ever imagined because you've actually focused on the one metric of fun. So is that what you would say is what the big guys are missing? is they're using probably hospitality as it's a destination, a clean room, a great restaurant, friendly staff. And you have this little secret that maybe is a little slightly irreverent because I can't measure it, but yet you're thriving. And yet you get referrals from your existing customers who seem to be pretty fervent in their desire to continue to stay at Accent every time they come to the BC area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think um, when I when I think about my competitors and some of them, you know, the, the big boys, right? Like Holiday Inn, Marriott, all of these guys, they're so big that they almost are a little bit heartless. And we are all about heart. We are just one big gushy heart, right? And so for them, they have a share price that they need to maintain. I don't have a share price. So I don't have to focus on those metrics. I can focus on, on different metrics. But strangely enough, if they actually focus on my metrics, I, I think that their share price would go up. But it doesn't work that way, uh, you know, unfortunately. And so for us, compared to our competitors, they were all about, oh, whoa, we have to cut. Right now, they went into fear mode. We have to cut. We have to reduce everything. We have to cut our sales team. We have to do all this. And for us, we took a different approach. We were, first off, safety, safety of our team. So we can't have fun if people don't feel safe. So let's make sure that they all feel safe. And so that's when we went over our safety protocols and all of that. Second thing, I didn't cut my sales team. And all of our competitors did. And 
their business fell off. It just completely fell off. And instead, what happened with my sales team was they decided to rebrand. So we no longer have a sales team. We have a wolf pack and they are hunting and they are fierce and they are, I have never seen them more just connected and bubbling and bursting. They're a real inspiration to all of us, our whole team. So yeah, just, you know, just this whole different approach, uh, fear-based versus love-based, you know? And then once we, once we had that in place, we decided, okay, well, how can we help in this time of, of craziness? How can accidents help? And so that's when we realized, okay, we can actually house the essential workers, any of the frontline workers to keep them safe, to keep their families safe. But then we realized that there's even more that we can do there. And so uh, we partnered with the charity. We raised money so that all of those expenses were covered. These stays are free so that if you are working, let's say in a grocery store, we need grocery store clerks, right? We need to keep them safe and healthy. We need their families safe and healthy. They can't afford to pay rent twice and stay in a hotel. So by doing what we're doing, we can actually wrap our arms around them, keep them safe. And then what happened in the communities was people started donating food to them. They started dropping off Easter chocolate for them. We have schools writing them letters. And so we stick these little love letters from elementary school students on their doors. And suddenly now we're all, like the whole community is doing something good mm. and positive. And we feel, we feel great. It's just tremendous. It's just tremendous. I got to ask a very specific question. I heard about this Valentine's Day thing you guys were doing. I don't know when it was, two years ago, whatever it was. Can you tell us that fun story? I think we all need a fun story right about now. You bet. You bet. So we have two brands and they're both our brands. I don't franchise. I don't buy it from Holiday Inn. They're, they're our brands and it allows us to do weird and wonderful things. So one is Accent Inns, but then the other one is Hotel Z. So in Canada, the last letter of the alphabet is Z. And so Zed is a wonderful cousin to accent. We still have humor and fun, but it is really out there and it can push boundaries and limits. And so it's a retro chic boutique motel. So it's, you know, got all the throwbacks to the 1960s. It's a really, really fun place to stay. So on Valentine's Day, we started, it was years ago, we started off by running a Nooner promotion. And so we decided that Valentine's Day, a lot of times what people do is they run and they get a bouquet of roses. They pay way too much for roses. They try to get a reservation at the, the restaurant, but they can't get in. And it's just, you often, Valentine's Day can fall flat. So we decided, well, why don't you surprise your Valentine's Day with your a gift of your sexy self? And it's a nooner. So you check in at 11 o'clock and you check out at two. <laughs> so we, we started doing this and we run it every single year. And so this year, we always put a little slant on it. So this year, the slant was a baby maker. And we thought, okay, so here's, here's our Valentine's the nearest promotion. But if you actually make a baby at Hotel Z, we're going to give you Valentine's Day stays at any one of our locations for the next 18 years. Wow. <laughs> and so this was off. CNN picked it up. And then, you know, when CNN picks up something, it goes around the world and it's translated mm -hmm. into Spanish. 
Hebrew, Arabic, Russian. It was crazy. Went around the world. TMZ picked it up. And then before you know it, they're doing a spoof on Saturday Night Live on the weekend update. Wow. Wow. TMZ. Right. <laughs> TMZ, that's right. <laughs> And so, so with with uh, how many uh, how many folks have uh, so it's been two years now, right, or a year or so? Um, I bet that everybody just flocks to the Valentine's Day promotions uh, this year. Then at every hotel, that's um, that's incredible. Uh, and how many babies? Any baby updates uh, as uh, for us yet? Uh, we're still waiting for confirmation, but yeah, so far, no. It looks like we might have struck out this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Well. Well. Hmm. So we'll be right up, um, but uh, no, no babies. <laughs> not, not in the forecast on this particular uh, Valentine's Day or the next one or whatever. But that's just fabulous. So I mean, this this whole it, like when in your in the process when you made the decision to go fun, go fun or go home, right, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. And you're in that process, and you're trying to figure out how to do it, and you know you're trying to all the, the things that people might be recommending, oh, let's bring in the consultants, let's do the training, let's do all that stuff. You got your parasites gnawing away at you because every, there's always parasites unless, in, in fact, I'll make a contention. In my companies, fun is how we keep parasites out. It's the number one part of our immune system because the parasites have to fake that they want to come and have fun. And it's easy to find out that they're faking before, well, it's usually easy before you hire them because they're parasites and parasites don't want to have fun. They want to, they want to have whatever they want to have, but they want to, they want to feed off the organism that you've created and, and its power and kind of put some of it in their pockets, so to speak. So you went through all of that. When were you like, okay, now not only is this what I have to do, but this is what's what I have business faith in, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There has to be a point in there somewhere. It's like, I'm compelled. I must do this. I'm doing it trying it's sort of working sort of not working and then huh now i'm so convinced that fun is at the core of building a great business that nothing will ever be able to push me off that even a even if a global pandemic which probably is never going to happen were, were to come along and blast my industry to smithereens i'm not moving off the fun position the fun spot is going to be mine mm -hmm. when did that happen Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to MarketDominanceGuys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.